Okay, hello everyone and welcome to the pod. Today we're talking about digital health and how patients and care teams and healthcare institutions communicate with one another. Joined today by Sedipto, Daryl, Tiffany, and uh, the issue at hand, I, I think it's deceptively simple. How should patients get their notifications from their doctor's office, from their healthcare institution, from the lab, from radiology? How do they want to receive these notifications? And also, importantly, how do healthcare institutions want to share these results? It sounds easy enough, but I think a lot of people have strong opinions, whether you're a patient or a privacy officer or even just a physician looking to organize your day and not be uh, sprinkled with uh, patients that have questions throughout the day. Um, and it occurs to me that we are all in the year 2020, we are all to some degree struggling to manage our notifications. We've got emails and texts and phone calls and my apps are trying to get my attention and the badges keep uh, updating and my operating system wants to know if it, it can upgrade tonight, is that okay? I don't know a lot of people who are actually happy with how they're receiving their notifications, the volume of notifications, and the methods that uh, they're getting notified. So it's probably not too surprising that healthcare hasn't figured this out either. But I just wanted to talk amongst ourselves and uh, and see uh, just some of the reason why this is such a frustrating issue for for both patients and for uh, the various healthcare stakeholders out there. So first, I wanted to talk uh, just about preferences for communication delivery. There is some survey uh, data out there, stuff that's been published, uh, but uh, I wanted to turn to uh, Sedipto to see what he thought about that. Yeah, thanks, Nick. I think uh, you're right. It is supposedly deceptively sort of simple, but it's it's not. Um, you know, and I think the one way to look at it would be let's just ask the patients what they prefer because you know now technology does allow us to send communication via text, via you know email, via you know voicemail, IVR, and of course in person over phone. And we should just start by asking them, like, what do you prefer? Because I think that's where we can meet the customers uh, with their preferences. And um, and I, I think we should also ask what time they they prefer to get the communication at. Because sometimes people would would like that at work. Sometimes people like it in the evening, in the mornings, and the, over the weekends, and so on. And I think we can go a long way in showing the patients that we are actually listening to them. The one caveat that I would have around this is that many times health information is protected and there's a lot of privacy considerations in, in place. So if there are times when, you know, the initial communication is just via text or, or something else, but we have to draw them into a more secure channel, whether it's an app or a website with login, we should be upfront about that because people, you know, customers' expectations are built in the industry in outside of healthcare because they get notifications about which package they're getting or you know information from their credit card as to the actual amount that was charged that is not the kind of transparency that healthcare can always provide but if we can couch that as we are keeping you safe and we're keeping your information safe um, then even if we start with the preferred modality of communication then draw them into something more secure uh, we sh we should be open and transparent about that well, that's these are good points. Uh, it, I feel like it's it's also going to 
matter a lot, just the kind of notification we're talking about. It's, uh, uh, you know, I, I think most people would not mind batching notifications about minor stuff at the end of the day or at the beginning of the day or, or something like that. But I, I would be kind of uh, upset or dismayed if my doctor was holding on to important test results just because I had clicked a form once that said, I only want to hear about this on in the evenings. And I, I go through my whole day kind of blissfully unaware about some some crucial blood test result or something. Um, but I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Is uh, I, I've read some survey uh, information out there that, like, you know, it, it really depends a little bit on uh, the the age of the patient and the nature of the communication. But uh, in general, people do seem to prefer digital communication to paper, and they seem to be okay with text and and not they prefer text and email to phone calls because you can you can kind of choose when to manage that and you can respond in your own time but uh, so often as Sadipta said we're not we're not given the invitation to uh, jump into an encounter or jump into some kind of dialogue it's just kind of like boom you get the notification and and now you know you're on your own and I think along with the medium uh, and the and how we're delivering communications to patients. I think also, you know, the way that the lab results are presented to the patients themselves could also be enhanced. So when I receive lab results, it's usually associated with an upper or lower threshold. And, you know, when I see that, if I'm somewhere in between or in the middle of the thresholds, I would think that means that's good. Um, but I'm sure with different tests, you know, be, if you're very close to the threshold, that still may be good. But once you cross the threshold, that may be the danger zone. That may be bad. So um, I think understanding more about um, what a normal normal result means in relation to the threshold could be helpful. So additional information being pr provided with the lab test that's going back to the patient, putting in putting it in context, and by putting the thresholds in context, I think it it may be helpful for the, the patient to know how that threshold was was calculated, right? Is it a population-based threshold? Is it something that's just based on females or males? Um, I, I would want the thresholds to be relevant to me and, and who I am, you know, so whether it's sex, age range, um, somebody who has the same comorbidities that I do, um, or it could be very tailored to me and the thresholds could be based on my history, right? Uh, previous results that I've had. So I know how I'm doing based on um, other populations, but also um, based on what is normal for me in my, my recent history. So I think in general, if we present lab information um, in a different way, in an enhanced way to patients, then we may need less interpretation or consultation with the provider staff when presenting those results to the patients, which could help streamline the process. That's so on point, Daryl. And I think you've hit upon something that's really underlying a lot of this is that uh, healthcare institutions, I think, when they're presenting results or, or just communicating with patients, it's almost like They've got their hand on the doorknob and they're like walking out the door, like, and they're like, okay, and here, by the way, are your results? Like, if you have any questions, make an appointment. Goodbye. And, uh, they, they, you know, I, I think 
doctors have been burned in in some uh, circumstances because like you you get on the phone to relay some results and then suddenly you're you're in a, a long conversation a necessary conversation but one that was kind of unscheduled or uh, in an unreimbursed and then there's patients in the waiting room or in the office that are are just uh, uh, you know going unseen um, because you know the, it, the floodgates opened up and like some some discussion just just un, unfurled um, but maybe by like you said by packaging the results and providing the context and giving like a frequently asked question, then, uh, you know, maybe the patient uh, doesn't need to necessarily uh, uh, get some immediate feedback. Yeah, so I think we're all agreeing that there's really no one-size-fits-all approach um, to relaying information to the patients. It's definitely worth considering different modes of communication um, based on the patient's preference. Um, and also we should consider that this is not only sometimes a burden for the patient, but also for the providers. Um, I'm sure some communications are more imminent than others. Um, patients may, if they have an adverse result or something, they may want that information immediately. But if it's like a flu shot reminder, they could probably get that via email. Um, but then at the same time for some patients, they don't necessarily use email, so they still may want that phone call um, that they traditionally would have gotten otherwise. Yeah, I think uh, I, I agree with these sort of sentiments. And, you know, if, if I can try to even combine them together a little bit, you know, to Daryl's point of, you know, the lab results and sort of Tiffany's point of sort of preferences, you know, the one common thread across all of these is when you do get notifications or results or some data that your uh, health system has provided to you, you know, the one common thing is that people have questions. You know, either they have questions that can be displayed digitally or questions that can be displayed giving you information about similar patients like you or questions of your clinical team saying, what does this mean? And you know, in taking this communication to the next step, you know, we need to do a better job of giving those cues, whether it's links or, you know, an option to call a phone number or to a scheduling link to say, if you have, you know, additional questions, you can do this or links to information that may be available uh, based on past experiences of what kind of typical questions have come up. So I think taking communication to that next step is equally important. And um, the other thing I would add here is that now that we have the patient's attention, because so much is dependent on the patient's reaction to results and information and, and things, that there has to be an opportunity to use a call to action. So, for example, if uh, some test results require that the medication needs to change, but if the patient doesn't call us back, well, that's a problem. So, you know, having those call to actions that are simple, easy, uh, easy to indicate, perhaps via a link or a click or some way to get connected with the clinical team is, is something that we should look at as well so that it's just overall a part of the whole continuum of communication. Yeah, well said. It's um, I, I guess it, it's just this whole issue has been on my mind re recently because, uh, you know, Partly because of uh, the work that uh, this team is doing on remote patient monitoring and, you know, capturing all this patient data and filtering it and figuring out uh, how to route it uh, when it's abnormal. 
But also, uh, you know, we are in the COVID era and COVID testing is going to be with us in a big way for months and months to come. And there is a, another healthcare institution in the area that is uh, uh, seeing a lot of immunocompromised patients. And so they've kind of undertaken the goal of testing all their staff members every 72 hours, uh, which is, and these are thousands of staffers that are interacting with patients from, you know, doctors and nurses to front desk staff, et cetera. Um, thousands of results that are going to be routed to to patients each day. And the vast majority uh, of this is going to be negative and nothing to do, uh, nothing to respond to. But um, you can just imagine, I think our notification schemes originally were developed for like, you know, uh, dire news, uh, you know, like a biopsy result or like a, uh, you know, a, a dangerous test that was ordered. And, and now we've got to, uh, you know, get you that information. And it's like, sit down and make a phone call and schedule an appointment and, and bring the patient in and ask them the questions. And we're moving to this era where it's, you're going to be getting health information from your institution, from your care team on, on a pretty much regular basis. And so being able to uh, filter that and say, okay, no big deal, no big deal. Oh, here's something that I want to talk to my doctor about. And you, you have to, along with the notification, you have to be able to kind of jump in, as Sadipto said, and, and just kind of like activate the the communication pathway, uh, whether that's an in-person appointment or a phone call or like a group text. Well, the only thing that I would add in addition to what, what's been said is, and, and it's sort of clear in this discussion that it matters so much as to what that information is. Something could be trivial and that's totally fine. But in healthcare, that threshold can be crossed in a millisecond when, you know, a positive result could mean so much more from an emotional perspective to a patient when we receive that information. Who else gets to sort of see it when uh, a communication comes through? So, you know, even though it is, as Nick, you said earlier, it's deceptively simple it's, it's not. And I think that's the, the complexity of sort of healthcare. But I think we can do that. We can ask our patients. We can get their preferences. We can yeah, look at other examples that have worked within our industry uh, and iterate from that. It's okay to make a few mistakes in the beginning and then learn from it and ask patients for preferences. Because I think that, that'll go a long way in overall customer satisfaction and service when it comes to these pieces of data that are very, very important uh, to the patients. Yeah, I hear you. And yet we are still very much in the era where, uh, you know, everything's got to be documented. Uh, consent for text messaging is a piece of paper that gets signed by the patient and gets scanned into the chart. And so when you're ready to start messaging with a patient uh, over text message, uh, You've got to actually like browse through PDFs to see did this patient actually sign consent for this? Can I can I proceed and and, and start notifying them in the manner that they've selected? And uh, and that's just still a very cumbersome workflow, and it requires you know like uh, a lot of searching and and uh, we're we're going to have to do a lot more work to kind of build the infrastructure around incorporating these preferences so that anyone on the care team knows the right way to message patients uh, in each kind of circumstance. Yeah, I completely agree, Nick. I know it's become much harder these days when patients aren't necessarily coming into the office to, to physically sign these consents. Um, that's another 
part of communication where we have to get these consents to the patient so that they can even enroll in programs such as text messaging or any other kind of remote monitoring. Yeah, it's, uh, and like some of this goes back to, you know, our interpretation of the law and uh, not wanting to, uh, you know, reveal information over text message that the patient might be, I think the expectations have changed and that uh, most people would prefer convenience to uh, this super high level of privacy, um, especially since, uh, you know, this is how the majority of people are, are getting most of their information anyway, like on their phone. But uh, look, the law is 25 years old or so and uh, uh, was written for a different era, different circumstances. But um yeah, look, a lot of good points and interesting. Uh, I, I can kind of imagine the way forward, but uh, I also think that uh, like so much in healthcare, it's going to take a lot of time and consensus building. And uh, uh, I'm glad that uh, we are kind of pushing the envelope and being on the forefront of that. But uh, it still, still might be at least a few years before uh, we can kind of assume that patients are getting the info they want in the manner that they want it. Uh, in, a, in a way that is safe and easy and effective, but also able to opt in and, uh, and, and escalate uh, when they have questions, whether the results are positive or negative, uh, and, and what kind of escalation that would look like, or whether it would, how we direct the patients uh, based on these results. Okay, thank you. Well, uh, it's great having everyone uh, contribute to this discussion. Uh, looking forward to talking more next week. Thank you. Thank you.